Hey moms, I just wanted to pop on here for a minute and talk a little bit about the heart of Mary really the mom heart of Mary. You know, we talk about mentoring moms. We talk about how older moms can teach the younger moms and and that can happen online, that can happen in real life, but that can also happen by looking at mothers throughout history and what their perspective was and how significant that was and what a difference it made. Um, we all have to agree that the mother of Jesus had a very, very important role in his life. And it's really highlighted here as we read through what's called the Magnificat. Um, It is basically from a word in Latin, and it is really revolutionary in its concern for the poor and despised of the world and its rejection of the rich and proud because we know how the world thinks, right? The world believes that those who are rich are the ones with the power. And even now we're seeing a lot of that happening right now. A lot of very wealthy people are wielding their power and it's become oppressive to many throughout the world. And so I think it really, it, it it's a good idea to stop and to think about the difference between the messages that the world is sending to us and what we're seeing happening around us that oftentimes feels out of control and oppressive, like I mentioned before. This is when it's really important to go back to the Word of God to get perspective. And I think Mary offers a wonderful, wonderful perspective in this. And so this is a song It's called The Song of Mary or The Magnificat. And this was something that Mary um, expressed as she visited Elizabeth and the child within Elizabeth leapt for joy, leaped in her womb for joy. Um, And Elizabeth expressed that blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So both of these mothers who were with child had a perspective on what was happening in that moment. God gave that to them. And I don't think it just happened. It happened because these women knew God. They had been faithful up to this point. And because their hearts and their minds were trained toward the truth and and they were given discernment and wisdom because they knew the truth about the prophecies of God and the prophecies about the Messiah to come. And so this is Mary's response to Elizabeth's response to her baby leaping in her womb. So this is what Mary said. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud. In the imagination of their hearts, he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel 
in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our forefathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. So that very last sentence, she's referring to the covenant that God made with his people, that he was now fulfilling in the person of Jesus. And so she's expressing here how um, the proud within the own imaginations of their hearts have exalted themselves And God always, always ultimately brings them low because he is the one who is the all-powerful. And he shows mercy on those who fear him from generation to generation. This just, just, just highlights his faithfulness, moms. And I think this is so important to pay attention to because as moms, we can become discouraged about the future of our children especially if we're continually feeding on the messages from the world and the messages from the world and from the enemy that are even being spoken within the church. And so I really want to caution you, first of all, to be careful what you take in. And second of all, to be very intentional about honing in on the truth. Find your biblical land legs in the word of God. Plant yourself firmly on his word. And as we read through this passage, we hear that Mary was very, very planted in God's word. She knew her faith. She knew the promises that God had had said that he would fulfill, and now he was fulfilling. And who did he use to fulfill those? Humble, lowly, servants of God. So opposite of the world. So opposite. Mary would not be considered to be a queen or royalty or any of the things that someone might suspect would be the mother of the Savior of the world. And even as Jesus began his ministry, he wasn't recognized for the Messiah that he was because he he took on such a humble, lowly servant role. I think about that. I was talking about this with uh, our son the other day. I said, can you imagine what it was like for Jesus who'd been in per- only perfect fellowship with God the Father and with the Holy Spirit? Those were his relationships. They were absolutely perfect. Perfect communication, perfect fellowship, perfect harmony. He's there with the Father. Everything's perfect. And he chooses to come down to earth, to an earth that is full of sin, full of sinful people. And he not only comes, he comes not as a king, but he comes as a baby. The most vulnerable form of a human. Think about that. He came to us as a human, now experiencing pain, now experiencing um, the ramifications of a sinful world, even a sinful family. You know his family wasn't perfect. His mother wasn't perfect. And yet God was with him and God appointed him to do this. And Jesus willingly yielded to this plan. And why did he do this? He did this out of love for his father, but also love for us, for the church that he came to save and to rescue. And so there is a rescue plan. There is a rescue plan. God, his kingdom is going to advance 
all over this world, but it takes eyes of faith. We only see dimly right now. We don't see the full picture. Just like the prophets in the Old Testament were trying to, they were foreseeing and talking about and foretelling the coming of Jesus, but they only had a very, very dim view of what that was going to look like. We have the full picture. Now we have the word of God to tell us this story of redemption. And so we have got this this hope that we can cling to in the person of Jesus. And the work that he did is absolutely astounding. He lived the life, the perfect life that we could not live. He died the death we couldn't die. And then he conquered sin and death by rising from the dead. Think about that. And when he said, it is finished, it is finished, moms. So here is something the Lord's really been laying on my heart lately, and it has to do with expectations. I'm just going to be honest with you, moms. I can literally kill myself with expectations. And you know, this time of year is we're trying to create memories for our kids, and we really want it to be a special, um, you know, just a special time of year, a memorable time of time of year. The world tells us it should be a magical time. We can begin to just heap these expectations upon ourselves. And, and they can begin to just suck the life out of us. And what I found uh, just recently, like the Lord has just been laying on my heart, Dorinda, Every expectation that you're facing, that you're, that's coming through your head, that you want to try to meet, um, stop and ask yourself this. Does this expectation help me love God more? And the other question is, does it help me love others more? Because at the end of the day, this is what Jesus said. All of the laws of the prophets, all of the commandments fall under those two categories. To love, these are the two most important commandments, he said. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. I don't know about you, but I don't do that well when I am heaping unreasonable expectations on myself. And so the filter that we can use as we think through these expectations that begin to feel so heavy, think about whether or not they're really allowing us to love God more, helping us to love God more with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and helping us to love others more. I think that's just a great filter to be um, kind of keeping in the forefront of our mind as we walk through the holidays. But back to this song of Mary. Um, I find it just so fascinating that the world tells us that it's the rich and the powerful who have the rich who have all the power. And God is saying the opposite. Mary is speaking the opposite. God is. God values humility. Jesus came humbly. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And what does it say um, in the New Testament? It says that Jesus did not consider uh, himself to be equal with God, but took on um, the lowly uh, position of a servant. And so God is saying and validating what he says in other parts of the scripture about humility, where he says, 
um, those who humble themselves will be exalted. He will exalt the humble. And I think the most important thing to remember here is that God cares about the poor. He cares about the poor in spirit. Those are the ones that he focuses on. Those are the ones that he lifts up. Those are the ones that he helps. And that doesn't necessarily mean poor financially, but poor in spirit, meaning understanding that we need a savior, understanding that we need him. And this is something that grates against us, especially in our culture, in a culture that is so self-sufficient. We have so many resources, and yet we struggle to be content. We struggle to trust God. What if we dialed that back? And we started to think about the simplicity of the gospel, and we started to go back to the fact that we need him admitting that, that we need him, not so that we can become great, but that his name would be glorified. And I think this is what Mary does so beautifully in this passage is she points the focus to God. He is the one who is in control. He is the one who is all powerful, but he is also the one who is good. And he always, always keeps his promises. And now, if, as you fast forward from chapter one in um, ver- in the passage, the passage in chapter one of Luke, and you go over to chapter two, the other passage I just wanted to sh- just just revisit really quickly. We've all heard this, but listening to it with the heart of a mother. It says here, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. And I love that because isn't that what we do as moms? We often spend time reflecting and thinking about our children. And what about their future? You know, I don't know if Mary fully understood all that Jesus would be facing, all that he would be walking through. She knew he was the Messiah, and I don't know that it was super clear to her the kind of death that he would have to die. Um, I do know that she was present for his crucifixion. She was also present um, after he was resurrected and he was and she was present at the pentecost i didn't realize that i've read that scripture over and over again but i recently read it again and so the pentecost when the apostles were waiting in that upper room for the holy spirit to come after jesus went back went back to heaven before he left he promised the holy spirit would come and they were waiting there and i believe they waited there for 40 days Mary was there as well. So here she was all throughout this journey of Jesus being born, living his life as a, as a, a young adult, and, a, and then his, his, um, his ministry, his three years of ministry, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, and then the Holy Spirit coming. She saw it all. What a privilege for her to be able to be a witness to all of that. But I think that's a testimony to the heart of God towards mothers. God values mothers. He sees them 
as I believe as the vessel that he wants to use to raise up a godly generation. We see this all throughout scripture. He encourages us to be um, to have a multi-generational perspective. And we see that multi-generational perspective in um, Mary's prayer here when she talks about his mercy being on those who fear him from generation to generation. Moms, we need to have a multi-generational view. And now I know that there's a lot of talk out there that Jesus is going to come back soon which can leave us feeling like we shouldn't invest. What's the point? Moms, I want to encourage you to kick that thinking to this the curb. Now, I don't know if Jesus is coming back soon. I don't know if we may be here for generations yet to come. There have been times in history, I know, when believers thought for sure that Jesus was coming back soon. This has been going on for generations, right? What if they had chosen not to invest in the next generation based on the fact that they had a short-term mentality? Moms, we can't afford to do that. We need to walk in obedience to God and he calls us to invest in the next generation no matter what. If you look back in Jeremiah, when the people of God went into exile, not a good situation, But what did God command them to do? In the worst of circumstances, he said, continue to get married, continue to marry, continue to have children, build your houses, plant your gardens, eat from the fruit and the harvest of your gardens. In other words, live your life the way you would no matter what. Let's not allow what's happening in the world around us to discourage us from walking in obedience to the Lord. Let's keep our mom hearts yielded to him. Let's have the heart of Mary as we sort of sit in a, in a humble posture, a waiting posture, trusting God for the hearts of our kids, trusting God for the future of our children. He loves our children more than we do. They are his creation. They are his work. We get to be part of the work that God is doing in the hearts of our kids, but we are not the end all. He is the end all. Let's keep our eyes focused on him. There are temptations that we have as mothers um, that cause us to stumble in our duties. And the scripture says, first of all, that we're not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Keep your nose, your mind, your ears, your eyes in God's word, in the promises of his word. And what else does it say? It says, um, uh, I think it's either Hebrews or Romans. Can't remember which chapter is 12. But it says, um, basically, to throw off the weight, every weight, and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and scorning its shame and then sat down at the right hand of the Father. That work is complete. That work is finished. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes for you, mom. He intercedes for your children because he is in covenant with you. God is in covenant with you. So Jesus is pleading on your behalf so you don't need to worry about being the perfect mom. You need to rest in the finished work of Christ. 
and you need to obey him out of love. It needs to, uh, true obedience can only come from a place of love. And we love him because he first loved us. This work that's been done in our hearts is a work that was started by him and it's going to be finished by him. The work that he starts in the in our the hearts of our children is a work that he starts and a work that he completes. And because we are his covenant children, our children are his covenant children. Our families are in covenant with him. The world wants to tell us that everything is individualized, but that is not what the scripture says. God is in covenant with his people, with his church, and with our um, individual families. This is, these, are the, these are the foundations of our society, of a healthy society, is the family and the church, and that's what needs to be reformed That's what needs to be strengthened. The church has been weak. Families have been weak. But oh, moms, we have the privilege of changing that by simply yielding to the Lord, yielding to the truth of his word, choosing to believe him instead of being uh, weakened by the fear of man. We have nothing to be afraid of. Fear is not our inheritance. It's not. We need to fear God. What did, what did Mary say? She said, his mercy is on those who fear him. That means we see him as king of kings and Lord of lords, that he is above everything. It means that we're gonna go to him and we are going to trust in him with all of our hearts and not lean on our own understanding. In all of our ways, we're going to acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. We're not gonna be wise in our own eyes. We're gonna fear the Lord and shun evil because this will be health to our body and nourishment to our bones. Anxiety from fear of man, anxiety from not fearing God can literally affect us physically. So we need to allow God to transform our hearts, transform our minds. What does it say? Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of our minds and then we will be be able to discern God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. We can't discern his will unless we are allowing him to transform our minds. And that happens day by day by day. It doesn't have to be copious amounts of scripture. Honestly, simplicity is so much of the time so much better. When you get, when you're reading the word and something stands out to you, write it down camp on that for the day and try to apply it. Even if it's just one sentence, one verse, we are so over-resourced. I talked about this in another podcast. We're so over-resourced that we indulge ourselves in all kinds of books. And those can be great. We can even indulge ourselves in tons of Bible study. But where the rubber meets the road is if we indulge ourselves with more than we can actually apply What good is it? What does the scripture say about faith? There's got to be action. And I'm sorry, but I can't do it all. I am finite and I am human. I need to simply do the simple thing that God is calling me to today in this moment. 
I don't need to worry about a week from now, two weeks from now, six months from now. God, these, these, these places in the future that we so often want to go and be preoccupied with, God is already there. So let's be obedient to what he has put right in front of us. Let's be faithful to do what he puts right in front of us. And even that we are not going to do perfectly. But guess what? Because of the finished work of Christ, God accepts our sacrifices as perfect and he honors them as perfect and he blesses them. He takes the little we have to offer and he makes it more than enough. So moms, dial back the expectations Bring those expectations before the Lord and ask for discernment as to what He would have for you and your family right now. Moms, you're the hub of the home. You set the tone in the home, the spirit in the home. Let's set a a spirit of peace. Let's ask for God to fill our homes with His peace and His presence. And let's walk in simple obedience to Him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the reminder today of the value that you place on humility and how opposite it is of the world. The world tells us the rich are the powerful, the ones who seemingly are, they, they, they tout their pride and they declare themselves as Lord. And yet we know the truth. They are nothing They are nothing before you. All you would have to do is blow on them and they would disappear. So Lord, we thank you that in the midst of everything that's happening around us, God, you have a plan. You are very intentional. You are weaving everything together for our good and for your glory. Father, help us to believe that even when what we see says the opposite. Help us to have eyes of faith. And God, give us a vision for our children, a vision for their future, Lord. May we have your eyes, Lord, to trust you for their future. God, we know that you have good for your people. And so, Father, we're going to trust you. We're going to say to you, God, that we will trust in you. We will not be of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved, God, because you honor that faith. Thank you that even though it's imperfect faith, God, you will honor it because of the perfect, finished work of Christ. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.